1195, the powerful Almohad Caliphate controlled all of Mohammedan North Africa and Al-Andalus. It was ruled by Abu Yusuf Yaqub al-Mansur, a capable general and statesman who'd subdued the Almoravid dynasty in North Africa. Al-Mansur's father had been killed in battle with the king of Portugal, and he was deeply committed to the jihad against the Christian states of Spain. In 1194, a temporary truce between the Christian Kingdom of Castile and the Almohad Caliphate expired. Bishop Martin of Toledo and the warrior monks of Calatrava attacked the Almohad-controlled Guadalcavir River Valley, a crucial frontier region over which the Christians and Mohammedans had been sparring for some time. Castile was ruled by King Alfonso VIII, a shrewd politician and talented general. To protect his capital of Toledo, Alfonso had constructed an impressive castle at El Arcos, on the left bank of the Guadiana River. When he received news that Al-Mansur planned to invade Castile, Alfonso assembled his army at El Arcos, ready to stand in defense of Castile's southern border. After landing at Tarifa in June 1195, Al-Mansur proclaimed the renewal of Jihad, then advanced to Cordoba. He marched north through the Puerto del Muradal, then captured Calatrava Castle, home to the military order of Calatrava. In anticipation of the Caliph's arrival, King Alfonso VIII had sent for aid to Aragon and Leon. However, rather than wait for these reinforcements, Alfonso chose to engage the enemy. It was July 19th. The Caliph had assembled a very large army, and his forces considerably outnumbered the Castilian host. Large contingents from various Berber tribes comprised Al-Mansur's vanguard, while an Arab host held the left wing. Divisions from Al-Andalus held the right. The Caliph kept his best Almohad forces in reserve in the rear. Alfonso's vanguard was commanded by his vassal and close friend, Diego Lopez de Haro, who led a charge that smashed the Berber vanguard. Alfonso himself led another attack with the military orders, routing several of Al-Mansur's key divisions. Hours into the battle, the Christians appeared to have the advantage, despite being outnumbered. Once most of the Berbers had been defeated, the Christian knights engaged closely with the Andalusian troops, which they also broke and scattered. However, the Arab cavalry managed to flank Alfonso's army, and the Caliph still held his Almohad rearguard in reserve. By the time Al-Mansur launched his elite Almohad warriors, the Christian cavalry had been charging and fighting hard for hours. The Almohad reserve was fresh, and along with the remaining Arab contingents enveloped the Castilian host, the exhausted Christian knights were simply overwhelmed. Alfonso himself charged into the thick of the fighting, trying to rally his men. The king was ready to die in battle, but his own bodyguards dragged him from the field. The Christian infantry was destroyed, the military orders wiped out. Alfonso's army retreated in disorder to Toledo. Meanwhile, Al-Mansur occupied Alarcos, Calatrava, and other fortresses that protected the road to Toledo. Loaded down with spoils, Al-Mansur retired in triumph to Sevilla. In the next Following the disastrous battle of Alarcos, King Alfonso VIII of Castile returned to Toledo, where he met with the King of Leon, Alfonso IX, who had arrived too late to participate in the crusade. Old territorial disagreements flared up again, and the two quarreled bitterly. The King of Leon demanded that Castile give up certain border fortresses, 
and when Alfonso VIII refused, he returned to Lyon, where he concluded an alliance with the Almohads, and proceeded to ravage Castilian holdings in the Tierra de Campos. The Almohad Caliph, Al-Mansur, happy to exploit Christian disunity, sent troops to the King of Lyon, then ravaged Castilian holdings in the Tagus Valley, capturing Trujillo, Plasencia, and other castles. But the Caliph was more interested at this time in subjugating Muslim Majorca, and so concluded a truce with Alfonso VIII in 1197. This was welcome respite for the Castilians, who not only had to contend with Leonese aggression, but were also facing Sancho VII of Navarra's efforts to annex La Rioja. Alfonso II of Aragon, eager to see concord restored among the Christian powers, tried to negotiate a renewed peace between Castile, Leon, and Navarre, but he died in 1196. His son, Pedro II, continued his father's policy of alliance with Castile. Pope Celestine III wanted the Christian kingdoms of Spain united again in the face of the Almohads, and excommunicated the King of Leon in 1196 for his continued attacks on Castile. The Castilians and the Leonese resolved their differences with a marriage alliance. Alfonso VIII of Castile gave his daughter, Berengela, in marriage to Alfonso IX of Leon in 1197. With Berengela now Queen of Leon, the two kingdoms seemed poised for unity. However, the new pope, Innocent III, objected to the fact that Berengela and Alfonso IX of Leon, as second cousins, were related too closely according to the church law, and demanded that they separate. The couple delayed their split, despite being excommunicated by the pope in 1198, as the alliance was beneficial for both kingdoms. Meanwhile, the Almohads busily campaigned against Muslim Majorca. The caliph, al-Mansur, died in 1199, succeeded by his son, al-Nasir, who would realize the long-held Almohad ambition of subduing Majorca and the Balearic Islands. His problems resolved with Leon, Alfonso VIII devoted his full attention to expelling the Navarrese from Castilian territory. In response, Sancho VII of Navarre sent emissaries to the Almohads, asking for aid. However, by 1207, Alfonso VIII and Sancho finally agreed to a peace, with Pedro II of Aragon concluding a similar treaty with Navarre the following year. Berengela and Alfonso IX of Leon finally did separate in 1204, and though this caused a flare-up of disagreements between Leon and Castile, by 1209 the two kingdoms were at peace yet again. Thus, all of Christian Spain was once more in harmony. The ten-year truce with the Almohads had enabled the Christian kings of Spain to carry on their quarrels with one another. But, as the expiration for the truce drew near, Pope Innocent urged the Spanish to prepare for a new crusade against the Moors. In 1210, the truce between Castile and the Almohads expired. King Alfonso VIII took the cross in a solemn ceremony with his son and heir, Prince Fernando. Fernando declared that his first fruits of knighthood would be devoted to the crusade against the Moors. The king and the prince wasted no time. In May 1211, they marched south into Almohad territory, raiding Murcia. Meanwhile, two Castilian magnates, Alfonso Teas de Meneses and Rodrigo Rodriguez, with a force from Toledo, besieged and captured the Tower of Guadalajara, previously lost after the Battle of Alarcos. 
Pope Innocent III praised the Castilians for their valiance and warned that any Christian ruler who dared to attack Castile would face excommunication. Al-Nasir, the Almohad Caliph, responded to Castile's raids that same month. He crossed the Straits of Gibraltar and assembled his army at Sevilla. He announced his intention to make war on the King of Castile, whom he declared to be the nearest and strongest of the Christian princes. Marching through the Puerto de Moradal, in early July, the Caliph besieged Salvatierra, which protected the road to Toledo. Salvatierra was the headquarters of the Order of Calatrava, since the loss of Calatrava itself in 1195. The warrior monks put up a valiant defense against the Caliph, but were soon forced to make terms. The Caliph allowed them to depart in exchange for surrendering the castle. Al-Nasir proclaimed that he'd cut off the right hand of the King of Castile. Satisfied, he ended his campaign for the season and returned south to Sevilla. King Alfonso knew well that next season the Caliph would launch a full-scale invasion of Castile, and he intended to be ready. He assembled his war council, including the Archbishop Rodrigo of Toledo, his close friend and highest-ranking vassal, Diego Lopez de Haro, and his son, Prince Fernando. The council agreed to launch a massive campaign against the Almohads in 1212. Alfonso instructed his vassals to assemble their men at Toledo the following Trinity Sunday. While the king prepared for next year's campaign, tragedy struck. Prince Fernando was returning through the San Vicente Mountains from a raid against the Muslims when he fell ill. On October 14th, the prince died in Madrid. King Alfonso was devastated. The kingdom went into a deep mourning. The queen, Leonor, was grief-stricken beyond words. Prince Fernando was buried in the royal monastery near Burgos. The Archbishop of Toledo led the funeral mass, and Princess Berengela acted as the royal representative dispensing her family's hospitality upon all the mourners. The archbishop later commented on the princess's poise on this difficult occasion. Fernando's excellent sister, Queen Berengela, devoted herself to everything that was required for the funeral and the honors, for the mourning and sorrow, with largesse and propriety. In this, the fullness of her virtues shone in such a way that her wisdom surpassed the piety of the devout sex and the generosity of her alms surpassed the generosity of princes. Likewise, the chaste modesty of her decorum urged comfort for inconsolable grief, so that the sweet charms for which she was known grew sweeter and more intense. Berengela was a great comfort to her father and mother in their loss, and her conduct at the funeral was to be a preview of her great benefit to the kingdom later. Castile's future, indeed, would fall to her own son, Despite his sorrow over the death of his son, King Alfonso VIII of Castile spent the close of 1211 busily preparing for next year's crusade. Meanwhile, Pope Innocent III formally declared Alfonso's coming campaign a crusade. The King of Castile would rather die, Innocent wrote, than see the ruin of the Christian people. The Pope offered the full crusade indulgence to anyone participating in the Iberian Holy War, and encouraged the French to join. Castilian bishops began preaching the crusade, with Bishop Juan of Osma proclaiming that the Sultan of Morocco, Al-Nasir, intended to make war on all who adore the cross. Archbishop Rodrigo of Toledo traveled to the court of King Philip II of France, offering the indulgence to any French knight who would fight for the crusade. Philip was not receptive. 
However, Archbishop Arnold Amari, famous for his involvement in the Albigensian Crusade, traveled through Provence and Gascony, where he recruited many Occitan knights. Meanwhile, Alfonso VIII traveled to Cuenca, where he met with his longtime ally, King Pedro II of Aragon. The two kings took an oath that on the eighth day of next Pentecost, they would meet at Toledo for the crusade. Next, King Alfonso traveled south to the fortress of Alarcon, from which he launched a small pre-campaign against the Almohads. With a force of a few troops and his own household knights, Alfonso struck a series of Almohad frontier holdings on the river Jucar, capturing the castles Jorqueda, Alcala, and Las Cuevas de Garanden. With this initial triumph under his belt, the king retired to Alarcon by November 29th. The following year, Pope Innocent III spent April endorsing Alfonso's crusade, urging all the Christian kings of Spain to join him and unite against the enemies of the cross and of the Lord. In particular, the Pope was concerned about King Alfonso IX of Leon, who had often caused division between the Christian Iberian powers in the past. Innocent made it clear that the King of Leon would be excommunicated should he attack Castile at this time, and that indeed, Leon should join Castile in this crusade. Alfonso IX of Leon refused to participate in the crusade, unless Alfonso VIII of Castile surrendered certain disputed castles. But the King of Castile would not entertain this request. As summer drew near, the nobility of Castile busily made ready for the coming campaign. Meanwhile, in Rome, on May 16th, the people and clergy of the Eternal City processed to the Lateran Basilica, where they sang hymns and prayed that God would aid the Christians of Spain in their holy war against the Moors. Also, all across France, litanies were being offered for King Alfonso VIII and his knights that they would be victorious. The Latin Chronicle of the Kings of Castile describes this period as the beginning of all joy. The Castilians, who had been saddened by the death of Prince Fernando, now were filled with the desire to make war. Christ changed fear to boldness in the hearts of men, despair to the highest confidence. During the octave of Pentecost, May 13th through the 22nd, in 1212, King Alfonso VIII of Castile began gathering his army in Toledo to prepare for the campaign against Al-Nasir, the Almohad Caliph. In addition to Alfonso's Castilian vassals, the army included the Templars, Hospitallers, and the Orders of Santiago and Calatrava. The Archbishop of Narbonne, Arnold Omri, arrived on June 3rd with many French knights. Alfonso's daughter, Princess Berengela, described these men as pilgrims, which provides us some insight into how closely Spanish crusading was associated with the crusade in the Holy Land. Arnold Omri had more good news. On his way to Toledo, he'd met with the King of Navarre, who'd also agreed to join. The kings of Leon and Portugal didn't personally join the crusade, but many Leonese and Portuguese knights traveled to Toledo to aid the cause. On May 20th, King Alfonso rode to the gates of Toledo to warmly welcome King Pedro II of Aragon. Surprisingly, Pedro arrived with only a single knight. More of his vassals would arrive soon, but Pedro lacked the funds to finance his army. King Alfonso offered to pay to provision the Aragonese forces. The King of Castile also outfitted the French with horses. 
The Christian coalition departed Toledo on June 20th. Meanwhile, in Sevilla, Al-Nasir had massed a vast army of North African and Andalusian Moors and set out for the north on June 22nd, his sights set on Toledo. As the two armies inched closer toward one another, French knights in the vanguard of the Crusader host captured Malagon, 45 miles south of Toledo, slaughtering the garrison. Alfonso was unhappy with this, since he didn't want Muslim troops in the fortresses ahead to be afraid to surrender to him. The next castle they encountered was Calatrava, which the Christians besieged for four days. When Calatrava surrendered on July 1st, Alfonso refused to allow it to be plundered, which greatly disappointed the French. By July 3rd, the Latin Chronicle tells us that many of the French knights were complaining of the scorching summer heat and the fact that they still hadn't encountered Al-Nasir. Despite Alfonso and Pedro trying to dissuade them, the bulk of the French now picked up and headed back home. Theobald of Blazon, with around 130 Occitan knights, remained. The Christian army spent July 5th and 6th capturing three more castles in the region, including Alarcos, the site of the great Almohad victory 17 years earlier. At this point, another Iberian king joined them, Sancho VII of Navarre. The Latin chronicler says that the army was truly marvelous to behold. Never before, he insisted, had so many Christian knights been gathered together. The crusaders continued their march south, advancing on the Puerto de Maradal, However, scouts returned with dire news. Al-Nasir was close, and now held the crucial pass of the Puerto de Loza. The Caliph's army was well-situated and enormous, outnumbering the Christians by perhaps two to one. Alfonso immediately laid camp and held council in his tent, gathering together his vassal and close friend, Diego Lopez de Haro, the King of Aragon, the King of Navarre, Archbishop Rodrigo of Toledo, Archbishop Arnold Omri, and the Masters of the Temple, Hospital, Santiago and Calatrava. Some argued for a withdrawal, insisting that it would be impossible to advance through the mountains with Al-Nasir at Losa. Others, including Alfonso, insisted that now, with so large a force gathered, was the time to decisively strike. Unable to agree, the leaders decided to prey on the matter overnight. After the council, however, a local Christian shepherd was brought before Alfonso, who insisted that he knew an alternate pass through the mountains. Thus, at daybreak on July 13th, the crusaders, guided by this shepherd, crossed the steep slopes and valleys through the Puerto de Mordal. They then advanced to Las Navas de Toloza, coming face to face with the enormous Almohad army. The Moors were surprised to awaken and find the Christians coming up behind them to lay camp. The night before the battle, the clergy heard confessions. At midnight, July 16th, the Archbishop of Toledo said Mass and all the Crusaders received the body of Christ in the Eucharist. Then they took up arms and prepared for combat. Pedro II commanded the Aragonese on the left wing, while Sancho VII and the Navarrese held the right. The military orders and the Castilians occupied the center under King Alfonso, the Archbishop of Toledo, and Diego Lopez de Haro. Before the Christians, the Almohad army was arrayed in its vast ranks of Arabs and Berbers. Al-Nasir held the rear, surrounded by his fearsome Moorish bodyguard. When the battle began, the Christian front lines quickly closed with the Moors, so there was little time or distance for archers. The fighting was close and raged furiously all day. 
The Templars and the Knights of Calatrava made up the front lines and were hard-pressed. For a time, the Christians seemed likely to be overwhelmed by the superior numbers of the Mohammedans. However, the Aragonese and the Navarrese carried out a pincer movement, which threw the Almohad ranks into disorder, allowing King Alfonso and the Archbishop of Toledo to execute a charge with the Castilian Knights. This was the decisive moment. The Almohad lines collapsed, the Christian Knights mowed down the enemy, and Al-Nasir's troops broke in confusion. The King of Navarre and his knights penetrated all the way to Al-Nasir's tent, breaking through his bodyguard, though the Caliph himself just barely escaped with his life. The Crusader victory was absolute. Thousands of Muslim troops lay dead on the field. The Christian kings took possession of the Caliph's camp, while the Caliph himself fled in humiliation back to Sevilla. The tapestry over the Caliph's tent was sent as a war prize to the monastery at Las Huelgas, where it can still be seen to this day. King Alfonso shipped the Caliph's tent and standard to Pope Innocent in Rome, along with the triumphant announcement of the victory. Pope Innocent was overjoyed. News of the triumph spread all over Europe, eliciting much praise and thanks to God. Alfonso's daughter, Berengela, sent news of the victory to her sister, Blanche, wife of Prince Louis in France. The victory at Las Navas de Tolosa proved decisive. The Almohad menace to Spain was ended. From now on, the Mohammedans of Al-Andalus would be on the defensive. In the coming decades, the sons and grandsons of the kings who conquered at Las Navas would capture virtually all the important Moorish-held cities in Al-Andalus, including Valencia, Cordoba, and Sevilla.